Welcome to Happy Home with Dan and Latane. We are a real estate couple that focuses on faith, family, and financial freedom. So today is episode 10. We are going to talk about cash flow versus equity. Big topic. It is a big topic. Um, I think it's the one that kind of, if there's a division in real estate, I feel like this might be that biggest division of, is it better to have equity, build wealth, slash cash flow? So. I'm going to kind of just talk a little bit about when we started. Our whole focus was let's, we want cash flow. Yep. Why do we want cash flow? We want a cash flow so that you could quit your job. Yeah. We want a cash flow so I could quit my job. Like building wealth wasn't really our thought process. It wasn't. And we, we knew building wealth and building equity, but it was never at the forefront of our goals and what we were doing. It was, how much can we increase the cash flow per month? Because, you know, obviously 20 years later, now I can look at it and say, you know, net worth, you can be worth $100 million and make no money each year. Yeah. So that wasn't what we wanted. We wanted to have cash each month. So I didn't care if we had a $100 million property or we had a $20,000 property which that was a lot of what we had were these twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollar houses that were cash flowing a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah. We worked and our philosophy, and this is the other thing, and, and we'll kind of delve into this a little bit. Our philosophy was we wanted these properties to be paid off because our mindset was if we have a thirty thousand dollar house that's paid off and it's bringing in six hundred dollars a month, well, after taxes and insurance and maintenance, it might cash flow 400 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. That was $400 that we, we had. had. Yeah. Um, where, you know, we, we weren't focused on, okay, if we take and take that money and go buy another one and we build this great portfolio, that really wasn't our mindset. My thoughts were when we first started was if we could buy 20 or 30 houses, pay off, 10 or 12 of them and cash flow five, $600 a month. To me, that was, and maybe that was, I don't want to say small minded, but it was. It's almost all we knew at the time. We were were uneducated truly in a vast part of real estate. We just knew what we knew at the time. What we saw. And what we saw. I mean, a couple of the people that we watched were amassing cash flow. Yeah. And um now on the other side of that, they were also building their equity. But again at the at that time, we didn't really we hadn't figured out how to build both. And it wasn't it wasn't important to us at the time. So throughout the years as and I think it's a direct correlation between wealth building, equity, and cash flow, obviously. Mm-hmm. As we started developing more cash flow, you know, we were gradually building equity in these properties, mm-hmm. you know, and then we paid off one property and we're like, oh, wow, we own, you know, a $50,000 house that's, you know, we don't owe anybody. We just have taxes and insurance. And then that's when I think the light bulb went off in our mind was, okay. We can have cash flow, but we can also have equity. Yeah. Um, and and I guess, you know, we've been 
talking about equity versus cash flow. What exactly is equity? So equity is if you own a piece of property and we say we bought it for $20,000 and we were able to do some improvements or up the rent or clean it up and suddenly it is worth $30,000, we have $10,000 worth of equity in it because we only owe 20, but it's worth 30. So we've just created $10,000 of net worth, equity, wealth building by it making some improvements on the piece of property. Or debt, I mean, in the long-term debt, debt reduction. Debt reduction, so absolutely. So it's, what it's worth minus what you owe exactly. is your equity. Exactly. So, And this has become, like you said, this has become a huge topic the last several years, um, among, especially among some investors and circles that we've been a part of. And it is almost a very divisive line of some people are very much on the side of, cash flow because it is income that you can live on through the year versus the other side, wealth building and equity because you're building wealth down the road. And the other side of that is the tax implications of it. Because if you're amassing cash flow, well, you're taxed on it because it's income. Right. Whereas if you don't have a lot of cash flow, but you're building equity, that's not taxable at that point because it's right. sitting in the property. Correct. And so it's that is one reason why it's such a big debate among investors of, well, why would you take cash flow? You're going to be taxed. Why? I mean, it, this-, with, this and, and with that being said, so the discussion is- you can take a loan out up to 80%. Mm-hmm. So say you have, say you own your property free and clear, and we're gonna just make it easy numbers. It's a hundred grand. You can take $80,000 out. An 80% loan. An 80% loan. Mm-hmm. So you could pull 80 grand out, go to the bank, say, hey, I want a loan for this, and they'll give you an 80% loan, obviously, depending upon qualification, your rent rates, things mm-hmm. like that. But in normal situations, you can do that. You pull that $80,000 out of that property, you still own the property, you still have a cash flow on it. It might, rather than being six, $800, it might be $150 or $200. Yeah. But the, the people that are for having using uh, your wealth to develop income and things, they say take the $80,000 in a loan. The advantage is, is it is non-taxable. Yeah, because it's a loan. Because it's a loan. So then where you and I, our philosophy is, we're going to have that six to $800. Well, now we're going to be taxed 24, 30%, whatever it is, on six to $800. Well, the other side is, is, well, <laughs> we got $80,000 tax-free, and we now no longer have that tax liability of that six to 800, we only have the tax liability of 150 to $200 a month. Mm -hmm. So there is absolute truth to that and value to that. Once again, going back 20 years for us was, I felt like, and this was even before you were really just involved, you were being mom and trying to survive on a day-to-day basis. Um, it was, I, I thought if we could have 10 properties paid off, well, if somebody didn't pay, 
or we hit a rough time in economic times, you know, I could cut the rent by a couple hundred bucks, keep these people in here. So it was, it was very much a, almost a survival. And that's been, it, it comes down to a comfort level for where you're okay with, because a lot of the people that land on the side of building the equity um, and not taking cash flow, you're you're also taking on a debt load. And where for so many years, our goal was to reduce the debt load as much as possible down to how many properties can we own free and clear. Now, there are some investors that think that that is ludicrous. They would completely disagree with us. There are others that don't. So it, it comes down to a comfort level of, am I okay pulling cash out in a loan so it is tax-free, but I have the debt? And or am I not okay with debt? I'm okay to pay it down. And I know I'm going to have some taxes on my cash flow because true. And ours has always been, it's been more of the mindset of we don't want to carry the debt. And then if we were to ever hit something, we're not maxed out in our loans. And okay, God forbid we hit a really tough time economically. Half of our tenants suddenly lost their jobs and nobody can pay. Well, if you have a big loan on that, that gets a little scary on our side because someone's got to pay that loan. But the the argument or the comment is, hey, you got to make sure you have enough reserves. You have reserves. So I, I think the ultimate thing behind this, <clears throat> I don't think that there's a right and I don't think that there's a wrong. I agree. I think that a buddy of mine said, you know, Hey, man, run your own race. Mm -hmm. You've got to be comfortable in your race. You know, if you're a fast starter when you're running and you like to run in the lead, you run in the lead, okay? Someone else might say, hey, I love coming, you know, from the back of the race and and going up. You got to just do what's comfortable for you. For us, and we've realized it because we did have a partnership that his mindset was totally you know, let's take on debt. And, and it was to grow wealth. It, it wasn't was. to necessarily take and put that money in our pocket. And that's another thing, because when we say you pull out your equity in a loan, you walk away from closing with an $80,000 check. That isn't to go blow on whatever you want to blow it on. That is, right. yes, you put money in reserves. Yes, you're using it to buy other property. You're using it to reinvest. I right. mean, so I do, I want to clarify, you, you, most investors I mean, are not taking Partially, some, you can take some. You can some. because it's your money in the end. As long as it makes sense, but you can most do investors with it. have the mindset of, okay, we got $80,000. We're going to take that $80,000. And, and a lot of times the mindset is we got to put 20% down on something. Mm-hmm. So you could go buy a $400,000 property and use that $80,000 as your down payment. So now you're into another property worth $400,000. Hopefully you're going to be able to do some value add to it. And then you turn around and do the same thing on that. You pull some cash out of that and you're able to continue because what is one of the hardest things is figuring out how to get funding, how to have cash. And this is a way that you create that cash and you can continue pushing. So I understand it, but for Dan and Latane, it's been very hard to get out of the mindset of, I like having stuff paid off. I realize we pay more in taxes. We do. I mean, that's just one thing. That's that, a choice we have that's made. That's a choice that we've made. 
is it the most logical choice? I don't know. But for us, it's... It's been the comfort level that we can operate at, though. We can lay our heads down on the pillow at night yeah. and not stress out of how, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? And I'm very much a what if person. I, I tend to think more on the conservative negative side of what's going to happen. So when, when we're talking to you guys, remember, this is our story. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying that we're right. We're not saying that we're wrong. We're saying that this has worked for us and this has been our comfort level. And I will say we have done the what we we, talk, we did this um, last year. We had a little house. Oh, we had, wow. had paid off for a very long time. Long-term tenants moved out. We remodeled it and we turned around and took a loan on it and we pulled out 80%. So we were not only to able to pay for a total rehab on the house, but we did put some money in our pocket. We did. And we are still at this point cash flowing a little bit every month. Yeah. So this is. And it's set up on Section 8. It is. So and we've so, done this. It's not like we're completely against it. We just haven't done it on large scale or with all of our properties. So it's, it's, Interesting kind of talking about this because the thing is, is we're not totally against debt. No. We're not, we wouldn't be where we're at if we didn't have debt. Where we're at is, and it's a lot of things as I've been kind of writing stuff down and kind of putting our vision and the way that we think, a lot of what we do is very hybrid in many aspects. Property management, we're hybrid. We do some ourselves, we have other people do things. We don't do a total property management. Well, it's the same thing here. Mm-hmm. We're not totally, we're maxed out. We have all kinds of debt, but yet we're also not, we're 100% debt free. Yeah. We wouldn't have been able to grow if we were completely debt free. So we have a hybrid kind of mindset. We do, is we do a little we, bit of both. We try to have very low debt to income so that we can feel comfortable. But if we're at 50% or less debt, I think that that's okay. We're, we're not quite at 50%. We're below that in, in our whole portfolio. Now, some properties, we might be at 70%, but we have 30 properties that we have no debt yeah, on. Yeah, so it equals out. I think this equity versus cash flow is totally a personal thing. You know, if you're the the couple or the person that has a great job, you don't need a monthly cash flow. This might be a long-term wealth building thing for you. You know, I want to buy five duplexes. I don't care if I cash flow a penny. We're going to put everything into equity. Okay. I mean, into, yeah, equity. You might be what we were, where we wanted to get out of our jobs. So equity is not as big a deal. You know, you can do things that create higher cash flow rather than equity. So it all comes back to with real estate. One of my mentors always would say, it depends. It does, everything <laughs> It depends. totally depends on what you're looking for. This goes back to when we originally started talking on our podcast was, what's your why? What's your motivation? What asset class do you want? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all these things. And, and you have to build for yourself, what do we want and how do we want it? Um, I, like I said, I do feel that cash flow is a direct correlation with equity building. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I think 
that as you get cash flow, you're going to build equity. Absolutely. Um, so you just have to do what feels comfortable to you. Yep. That's what you just, and you're going to try things and discover, okay, this worked and I'm okay with this. Or you're going to do it and be like, okay, I don't like the way I feel dealing with the stress of this kind of either debt or this situation. So you're going to change up. I mean, how many times through the years did we try things and you're like, okay, this isn't working. Let's switch it up. I mean, because well, you're not going to know immediately. It's it's a learning curve of, mm-hmm. am I okay with having this debt? And you get a year into it and be like, okay, this monthly payment is stressing me out. I'd rather not deal with that. Well, perfect example was when we bought the duplex over off Michigan Avenue. Mm-hmm. We, th- I mean, it was a great duplex. It was. We were renting mainly to college kids that would be there a year, and then they would move out. And then we would have to, and we barely were making the payment, taxes, and insurance. Yeah. Well, then at every 12 months, we were going in and having to put in carpet, repaint, and all this kind of stuff. In the meantime, we bought that duplex kind of in a little bit rougher area. Um, it was a weekly rental. Yeah. But we were cash flowing like crazy yeah. on it. And that was when the light bulb went in off in our minds of, hey, yeah, this is nice. It's a pretty duplex. But this, we're going to get no benefits out of this for 15 years. Yep. Now, I wish we would have kept it because 15 <laughs> years later, it was. It would have been nice to have. It would have been nice to have because it was a good property. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's something else that we've done through this cash flow worth uh, versus equity. You know, we started where we had a lot of cash flow mm-hmm. in properties. And we have gradually sold off some of those to get ones that might not be as much cash flow, but it's a, a less of a property management headache. Yep. So like you said earlier, you're going to, things are going to change your viewpoints, your, your goals. I mean, that's part of going back to goals of, you know, you reevaluate these goals every year. So those goals change. Yeah. It's, um, it's going to evolve over time and you're going to figure out what you enjoy doing. Because it's like, and we've had this discussion a lot recently, especially with our oldest son of, he made the comment that we were stressed out and what we do. And it's like, well, yeah, but anything you do is stressful. It just, what's your tolerance level? I'd rather be stressed doing what we're doing than working a nine to five job because that was stressful. This is way better to handle to me, in my opinion. So you're going to learn Okay, th- this this spe- specific real estate deal is stressful to me, but I'm okay with this, and I can work through this. Um, you know, nothing is just carefree, and I mean, if it is, mm. I, we haven't found it. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it's like we said to Ethan was being a firefighter. You think driving a fire truck going through traffic? You know, at one time I t-boned somebody at an intersection. You think that wasn't stressful? Yeah. It's just a different stress. It is. And you decide what you're okay with, what you're willing to deal with, what you're not willing to deal with. Because, you know, we had, we when we were in that very heavy time of we're going to build a lot of cash flow, we got really heavy into weekly rentals. We did. Because there is a lot of cash flow there. Now, it's great. You're getting money every week. And you can charge higher rents because it's weekly. And then for us, well, the way we set it up, 
They pay, we paid all the utilities, uh, even internet and cable, all of it. All they had was one payment every week, and it covered all of their living expenses. So we were doing well, but after a while, that got very cumbersome, and it was so management intensive. We made a decision. You know what? The cash flow is great, but it's not worth the pressure and the stress and the workload that it has on us. We can invest what we have in this property to something else and it'd be a little less management intensive. And so but we made a But that's also 15, 20 years after we started. Absolutely. It, wasn't, it was something that evolved. It, yeah. it just, you know, just like we said, we went from that duplex to the duplex down in Chattanooga that cash flowed. We went from easier, less management intensive to that because we wanted cash flow. Yeah. That was our goal. Yeah. Then we got the cash flow and now we're kind of more back at Okay, we don't have to have as much cash flow because through the years, we've flipped houses, we've paid off debt, and we don't have the debt load. So the cash flow is not as needed as it was before. Yeah, yeah. And now we're looking at building equity. Yep. And it's like I said, it's a, just a direct correlation for us and throughout the years. I think for us, it's been a little bit of a balancing act of, you know, you just kind of figure out, okay, over here, we'd rather have the cash flow over here, but over here, we're okay with taking on some debt and just, you know, having the equity and maybe a little less cash flow. So across the board, every property we have, does it look the same? No, they're all different. But it's kind of where we've been able to balance of what we want on each property, what we're okay with each property, you know, so it, it's just kind of figuring out yeah. where we want things to be and, you know, how we want it all to look in the end. Yeah. So, And I mean, it goes back to, I mean, most people have heard of the uh, book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad mm-hmm. with Robert Kiyosaki. I mean, it's leveraging. It's, it's all personal. It's all, don't feel like you're right or you're wrong. Do what feels comfortable. Do what makes sense for you and makes sense for your family at this time. There's no need to add undue stress just to try to fit somebody else's mold. Exactly. Don't I'm absolutely have mentors, have people you listen to, but have, you know, successful voices that you're listening to, but know in the end you go home at night by yourself or with your family and you have to do where you're okay because that's you're the only one that lives in your house. Right. All these other people that you're listening to, they're not there. Right. And you don't know behind the scenes and what they're dealing with. I mean, you know, they all have stresses too. I mean, so you just got to do what feels good for you, what is right, listen to counsel, you know, try different things, see what works. And in the end, be like, okay, what he said is great for him, but not for me. Oh, this is great. I like this idea. And remember to be flexible. Absolutely. Allow yourself to maybe start one way and to change. Yeah. And then you might change back. Things happen. Real estate, there is no absolutes in real estate from acquiring to managing to selling to anything. I mean, it is all flexible. It's it's going to change all the time. Honestly, not only personally, but politically. I mean, when you have political things going on changes, or economic, I mean, changes. let's go back to 08, 09, when the economy tanked. You know, at the time, we were flipping. Well, and this is one of the adaptions that we made is we we were flipping. Well, all of a sudden, it just bottomed out. 
Mm-hmm. We ended up cleaning up one of the houses. We couldn't sell it. So we ended up having to rent it. Um, but that goes back to your underwriting and things like that. Make sure that you're buying. When you buy is when you make money. Listen to that podcast and, and you know, understand that. But that gives you that flexibility and understanding that it's okay. Personally, it's okay if the economy changes. It's okay in different aspects is things change. And you're going to have to flex. You're going to have to. There's just not one way to and do I, this. I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize because we the question we probably get more than anything how do you find deals? There is not a one sentence answer to that question. There are a million ways to do everything in real estate. I mean, you there are so many different ways to do any of it to from owning to acquiring to selling. I mean, you can find so many different options. Like there are no absolutes, none whatsoever. Now, I think when in your personal philosophy, you can come to some absolutes to an extent. Until the economy changes and until the, you know, last year, prices on houses skyrocketed. It was insane the way that we had never seen it. Most people had never seen it. And interest rates were ridiculously low, which was, I mean, but then now it's leveling back off and it looks different now than it did a year ago. So everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? But you... It's always going to change. It's always going to be fluid. And let me say this. This might not be the topic to talk about it, but I think it's it's valuable because we've been in real estate since I bought my first house in 97. We got married in, nine, or I'm sorry, I bought my first house in 98. We got married in 99. How have we been able to sustain and never, you know, get kicked out of the game, essentially? Because there's a lot of people the last few years that have been making some money. Part of that is that flexibility, what we were just talking about. We were flipping. Well, it it tanked. Mm-hmm. So what did we do? We started buying rentals. Well, then the market kicked up. We started flipping again. Well, now deals are harder to find for flips. Well, we've got a whole 20-unit apartment building that we're remodeling. It's all just a matter of we're keeping our crews busy. We're still moving forward and we're advancing because now we're rehabbing apartments where rent rates have doubled over the last three years. Yeah. You know, so how have we had that sustainability, I guess, is what my point was. And I know it has nothing to do with cash flow or <laughs> equity, but it has to do with sustainability. Yeah. How have we sustained? We have been flexible. Yeah. We have been willing to change and not just say, well, I'm a flipper and that's all I do. Yeah. And I mean, I understand some people don't want to own rentals. It's frustrating. It's aggravating. That's fine. But you have, if flipping's not doing it right now because you can't find great deals or the economy's down, interest rates are up, then what are you going to do? You have to be flexible. You have to be willing to adapt to your environment and make it work for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's been one of our. Our best qualities is our ability to just say, okay, we're going to roll into this next thing. And and I think the first 08, 09, I don't know that we really realized that we that's did. what we were doing. We didn't. But the last <laughs> few years, like we've actually had conversations mm-hmm. about it is, okay, I mean, if flipping slows down, we'll, because we bought our eight duplexes and we were just kind of fixing them up, 
you know, as people moved out, well, now, you know, the last few months, you know, we changed out windows in several of them. We've sided them, put new roofs on them, you know, so we're being able to really focus on that yeah. uh, where we've built up some cash flow in our account. You know, I, it's just, that's been the natural organic movement for us. Yeah, it has. Um, we haven't just been stuck in one thing, and that's the only thing. And we live and die by that one thing. Yeah. We're flexible. Yeah, and I, I think we're survivors. That's what we've been told <laughs> for years. That, and it really <laughs> irritates me sometimes when people say that is that we're survivors. But really and truly, we are. We learn how to adapt. We learn how to make things work. Yeah. And then ultimately, and we haven't been the greatest with this, but it's something that we talk about all the time: is try to enjoy that process. Yeah. Because here we are with our kids growing up and make sure that as you guys are getting involved with real estate, make sure you enjoy the process. Make sure you enjoy your family through this yeah. because in a snap of a finger, 10 years goes by. It does. And you look back and go, okay, where did these 10 years go? And I was just working and I don't even remember three quarters of it. So. Yeah. We've talked about it, the the blur of when our boys were little. Yeah. I mean, it was a blur for me. I don't remember things, and that bothers me. Yeah. But um, part of it is we were in a survival stage. We were. So We were. So cash flow versus equity. Um, once again, everything in real estate, it's your choice, what you want, how you want to build your real estate portfolio. Um but uh, hopefully that gives a little bit of a breakdown of what it is. You know, once again, there are thousands. It's not just us. You know, there are people talking about equity versus um, cash flow all the time. Check it out. Look around. See what people are saying. See what fits you. Absolutely. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next time.